local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. I'm Tony Landry along with Jeff Boggs. And uh, uh, as we have uh, here this morning, you know, we, Saints and the Packers are still uh, practicing. Today will be their second time. It'll be the final practice getting ready for their game uh, Friday evening at 7 o'clock. Uh, of course, that uh, game locally uh, can be seen, I think, on uh, Channel 3, uh, which is, I think, 4 on Cox. Not sure what it might be on some of the other. Uh, Channel 5 on Cox. Um, five. But, but, again, I'm not sure if this one's uh, going to be on uh, the CW. Okay. KTC uh, does the Saturday games, but their sister station I think often does the Friday games because of network obligations. Okay. Anyway, so uh, with that, uh, the Saints and Packers uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, tonight, the Bears. They uh, they uh, play their second game. Justin Fields uh, leads the Bears. I don't know. Uh, he didn't play at all last week. He, he, he did. He, he did uh, play a little he bit. He played a couple series. Uh, didn't look real good, but then again, his offensive line didn't give him much of a chance. Uh, he was uh, feeling uh, Joe Burrow's pain, I think, to some degree. <laughs> well, speaking of Joe Burrow's, I wonder how he's doing right now. You know, he had uh, a little issue, and uh, I think he was was out on the field, but uh, I don't believe he was uh, participating in any of the drills or anything of that nature. So uh, Apparently the appendix ruptured. And did it? So it wasn't a preventative situation. Okay. Uh, it was uh, something that needed to be done. Yeah, that's uh, not cool, as they say. Boy, they, uh, that's what killed Harry Houdini, believe it mm. or not, was a ruptured uh, appendix. Uh, so the Bears tonight go at it. Uh, that game can be seen on ESPN uh, with a kickoff approximately 7 o'clock, uh, probably a little after. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the whole host of games tomorrow and uh, Saturday, and even one uh, sun- a couple Sunday games, too, uh, and a Monday game. Uh, so uh, a lot of football to watch this weekend. You've all been screaming for it since uh, the end, of, I guess, since February. Of course, don't know how many of y'all watched the uh, new USFL, but uh, it was out there. Elsewhere in uh, in sports, as I mentioned, we were starting off with the Saints. Uh, been practicing up there in Green Bay with the weather a little cooler and all. And they say Michael Thomas is really having an outstanding camp. He's not taking anything for granted uh, on his comeback tour, if we can use that as a phrase. But uh, Michael Thomas looking pretty sharp, along with uh, the other uh, newly acquired Saint receivers. Of course, uh, Jarvis Landry in that number two, along with uh, – uh, Olav, uh, uh, Olave, the, the uh, fine wide receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, other Saints, uh, they say the Saints were a little short a few players yesterday at practice as uh, they participated uh, with uh, practicing against the uh, uh, Packers up in Green Bay. And uh, with that, uh, a lot of Saints uh, down with uh, nagging injuries more than anything else. I wouldn't say it was a major injury. So the Saints, uh, um, they're still, you know, practice. It'll be their last one today is what I can say. And uh, with the game tomorrow night, uh, of course, uh, Hurst, the starting left tackle, uh, went down with a foot injury. Not sure how serious it is. Uh, they don't pre- uh, the Saints brass don't think that uh, it's anything really serious, but uh, anytime you lose a left tackle to protect your quarterback, uh, Jameis Winston, it uh, should be uh, interesting. Anywhere, Jameis Winston uh, wore shoulder pads yesterday and uh, was out on the practice field for the Saints uh, signing autographs and uh, 
in, in a joint practice. Uh, it was a Saints starting quarterback who watched from the sidelines. Uh, anyway, uh, it was a fourth practice Winston has missed after spraining his right foot uh, last Monday. Winston also was held out of Saturday's preseason opener, as we all know, and uh, uh, hopefully a positive step. Uh, hopefully he'll be ready uh, for day-to-day in the next week or so. Um, I don't know, Jeff. I was hoping they'd at least get in a little action for him uh, in the next two games. Hopefully we'll see some of that. Well, and again, you know, we've talked about the idea that that type of injury uh, heals best when uh, left alone. Yes. So uh, it's, you know, again – you want to see some playing time in the preseason, but you want him to be healthy for week number one. Oh, uh, absolutely. And uh, anyway, but uh, we would hope maybe he'd see uh, some action, you know, with a series possibly. Uh, no more than two, I don't think. Uh, you know, Drew Brees uh, did that with the Saints. Uh, he'd come out. Uh, of course, everybody wanted to see him play, but uh, the um, – Starting quarterback, you need to keep him healthy. And uh, and then with Hurts going down, of course, uh, our rookie left tackle prospect, uh, the 19th pick in the draft, uh, Penning, uh, took over and played a little bit. He, then he backed off uh, and uh, took a break for a moment. Don't know if that was injury-related, but uh, he came back and finished practice, I do believe. Yeah. So um, hopefully, <laughs> you know, the Saints, uh, they had some people down yesterday uh uh, the Saints were fairly shorthanded uh, Wednesday morning. Linebacker Pete Werner, who I, I think is a fine player, wears number 20, tackle Ramchak, offensive lineman Forrest Lamb. Not sure who that is. is might be just be another practice person. Julio Johnson, who they cut and brought back. Running back uh, Dwayne Washington, Chase Hansen, Andres Pete, Landon Young. Uh, watch practice from the sidelines without pads. As I mentioned, Hurst has been uh, taking the lion's share of the left tackle reps in practice. And Coach Dennis Allen described, as you know, he mentioned it's a foot injury, competition for the starting offensive line spot. Trevor Penning also left practice, as I mentioned moments ago, for a short period. But uh, we'll see how uh, Winston uh, was back, participated in a walkthrough in the individual periods, but uh, sat out uh, the competitive periods with the Packers. So uh, tight end uh, Nick Vanette uh, returned to practice after sitting out Tuesday. and, uh, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, tested his skills against the Saints defense, who last year was, I think, the fourth-best defense in the National Football League. Saints defense held up pretty well. Of course, it is early, and it seems like the Saints uh, have always had some success against Rodgers along with Tom Brady. I think the Saints are, what, maybe 5-1 and one against Brady. Of course, the one loss in the playoffs of uh, two years ago yeah. uh, where the Buccaneers went on to win the uh, Super Bowl. Um, elsewhere, Jeff, uh, with Saints, uh, of course, the LSU looks like uh, they're, they start to get things together. And poor Miles Brennan decided to give up football when he found out he'd been relegated to the third team. So Nussmeyer and uh, Daniels are going at it right now. And they say the wide receivers for LSU are probably uh, are playing pretty well right now. So uh, that's going to be important for the Tigers uh, for this coming year. And uh Anyway, they still have some questionable spots but uh, out on the team, but uh, our man uh, Booty uh, looks like uh, he's uh, going to hold up pretty well. Of course, wonder if he'll still be his last year in, in that regard. So, uh, 
Anyway, uh, they had some snaps in um, trouble with snaps yesterday at Southmore Center. Uh, Gary Dillinger struggled throughout the day with low snaps, drawing R of Kelly at one point near the end of practice. Kelly spoke with Dillinger as he leaned over and repeatedly uh, snapped an invisible football, <laughs> trying to work on his form. So uh, hopefully, well, that's one thing you don't need uh, during the season is high and low snaps to the quarterback and the shotgun uh, for the uh, Tigers. So, uh, Jeff, uh, We'll see how that's, that's going to play out it's for LSU. Uh, talked about the receivers, uh, Deshaun Booty. Uh, uh, Malik Neighbors, that's a kid from Broussard. Uh, I think he uh, went to Ove Como, I call I'm old time, uh, Como High School. He had an impressive day. They worked him out in the slot a lot. Not a real big kid, six foot, probably about 190 pounds. Uh, he had a real good day. Of course, Keshaun Booty looked like himself. Uh, sophomore Brian Thomas had a long touchdown pass. And uh, Corinne Lacey. The transfer from UL uh, flashed some uh, reliable uh, uh, hands out there in the drill. So uh, Lacey has to play with more confidence, but he has been the fourth or fifth receiver with sophomore Jack Besh, who's another one from Lafayette, St. Thomas Moore, uh, along with Chris Hilton, who's a, a smallish receiver but with a lot of speed, uh, played at uh, uh, Zachary High School. And Jare Jenkins is another have probably had a really notable day at practice yesterday for the Tigers. So uh, in 11-on-11 drills. So uh, a lot of leadership, uh, Kelly said, from these guys. And every day that really uh, the room's really going to be in good shape. So uh, offensive line's not set yet. Uh, that's going to be a big question for the Tigers as LSU used its first-team offensive line. Freshman tackle, uh, true freshman, Will Campbell out of Monroe. Uh, at uh, left tackle, left guard, uh, Tremont Schartz, uh, Dillinger at center, right guard, Miles Frazier, and right tackle, Anthony uh, Bradford. Bradford. Uh, that was the starting line. Uh, that's been the group most during camp, Kelly said. LSU hadn't solidified its offensive line. Uh, they will try to move Bradford to guard and try senior uh, Cameron Wire at tackle during practice Saturday. Kelly said redshirt sophomore. Uh, Marcus uh, Dumbreville, uh, who recently returned from an ankle injury and a redshirt uh, junior center, Charles Turner, remain in the mix. There's still some movement around the offensive line uh, to see what the best five guys are. And uh, also McNeese State transfer cornerback Kobe Richardson continued to get first-team reps as he broke up a couple passes intended for Butte. Sometimes the camps don't end up playing much, but Richardson uh, appears on track to contribute, if not start, and uh, though he got trucked up by running back uh, Armani Goodwin at uh, one point, Richard Speed, and more importantly, he grew from 167 to 190 after he transferred over the summer. So uh, a lot going on. Got uh, some uh, audio from Coach Kelly. Okay. In fact, he talked about Colby Richardson. We, we have interchangeable pieces there. The freshman's done a really nice job out there. We, we came into camp with a lot of uncertainties at corner. And I think, you know, going into our 13th practice, I think we've got six corners that we feel that we can play. And, and that's, a, that's a far cry from where we were, you know, a few months ago. He also talked about uh, Dellinger and uh, his uh, snaps, uh, also talked about other responsibilities. He's gone from playing, you know, guard to center. And, and so this is a culmination now of all of that being, you know, piled on. And he actually feels comfortable s- snapping it now. And so he's not paying attention to the details of it. So we'll, we'll get it worked out. I'm not concerned about it, but I have to stay on him. I like that uh, idea. 
got to stay on him. And uh, we, we know that the quarterback situation is pretty much uh, down to the two, Garrett Nussmeyer. But Jaden Daniels apparently took a majority of the snaps yesterday. The ball came out of uh, Daniels' hand really well today, uh, especially off the RPOs. Uh, it was accurate. I thought um, Nuss made some really good reads off of uh, zone read action, um, which has been one of the things that we've been working on. So in particular, those two things uh, for each one of them. Yeah, in the practice, uh, it was a scrimmage yesterday is what the Tigers yeah, had. Yeah. And Daniels was 7 out of 9 for 87 yards at one touchdown drive. Nussmeyer completed 5 out of 7 for 72 yards, including two touchdowns uh, passes. Uh, one on a bubble screen to Armani Goodwin, uh, who powered through cornerback, as we mentioned, Kobe Richardson, to extend it for a 20-yard reception. The other 17-yard pass to J. Ray Jenkins in the end zone at the end of the scrimmage. And uh, as uh, – as Coach uh, mentioned, uh, the ball came out of Daniels Hell really well, and especially in the RPOs. Uh, uh, so uh, a good pr- uh, scrimmage for the Tigers, Jesse, as they get ready for Florida State come uh, September the 4th, uh, which is a Sunday over in the Louisiana Superdome when they take on the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, you know, both Daniels and Nussmeyer both uh, worked heavily on passing game, uh, mainly from the uh, 11 personnel packages, three receivers, one tight end, and one running back. Uh, Daniels went on to complete two more passes for first downs to uh, Karen Lacey and Malik Neighbors before handing uh, so that siren pass and before handling the ball up to uh, middle twice to Noah Kane, who's also a transfer who came in from Penn State originally from Baton Rouge, went to uh, high school in Baton Rouge. But uh, anyway, the Tigers are wrapping up a scrimmage. Uh, they've got uh, I think one more scrimmage before they uh, and I'm trying to think when classes start for LSU. Uh, That'll come into play, too. Uh, no more, two more sessions. Of course, all college kids <laughs> like to see classes start where the uh, school uh, uh, opens and uh, they'll have practice in the afternoons uh, generally. Anyway, the team tried a few more plays in the red zone yesterday with center uh, Gary Dillinger getting his first significant work at his at this season's positions. As I mentioned, he struggled with the snaps. So, uh We'll see how that's going to play out. On the sideline, true freshman Walker Howard, the kid from St. Thomas More in Lafayette, was involved in uh, signal calling alongside the student managers. Kelly said at first he have emphasized quarterbacks getting reps on the field, but now Howard and Matt O'Dow will be involved in the uh, signal calling process. I think the quarterbacks need to be involved because it's their part. Uh, the conversation each week to terms of uh, game planning. Kelly said right now we're installing like a million plays, but we're going to be so specific in what we're going to be doing. Those quarterbacks are in your meeting room, and they're much more privy to those conversations in terms of signaling, and I've always felt like the quarterbacks are your best signals. So uh, Kelly trying to uh, emphasize uh, just getting everybody involved in the practices, Jeff, and it looks like uh, uh, Tigers coming along. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, the the snapping is uh, is uh, cleaned up, I should say. And as Coach Kelly said, he'll be on it in that regard. Yeah, I don't know if we got to it yesterday, uh, you and I, but again, you know, not not a lot of expectations right now for LSU, but. Uh, again, ESPN had an interesting piece saying, don't uh, add your bets on LSU. He thinks they're going to achieve much more uh, than what uh, are the expectations right now. And following the last couple of disappointing years, uh, they really think Kelly's going to uh, turn the ship around. Well, not only that, but he also is uh, 
he's 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 a type of person that uh, just uh, uh, redundant, you know, with uh, plays, 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 making them uh, good. Good coaches are good teachers. Uh, Nick Saban is a good example of that. And I think Kelly, I think the Tigers go eight and four, nine and three. Uh, might surprise a few people, but uh, I think they'll be home pretty well and. Uh, uh, need to clean up a few things, but they've got some talent on that sideline, so uh, don't let that uh, fool you in that regard. So we'll see how that's all going to show up. But uh, LSU will be in pretty good shape uh, come the fall, and uh, I guess Florida State will be a good indication. They've kind of been not the old Florida State under Coach Bowden, but uh, they they still have some uh, athletes over there, and uh, we'll see how that's going to come to uh play as florida state uh, i think they went five and seven last year but uh they're always a dangerous team always a lot of speed quickness and uh we'll see how lsu shows up uh over in the louisiana superdome uh september 4th and i do believe it's a it's a prime time game i think it uh, is that night yeah so uh that's uh uh this uh what 10 days from now approximately today's thursday the 17th and they play on the fourth so uh two weeks from sunday yeah 14 days okay Anyway, uh, we'll see how that transpires. So, uh, anyway, we've got uh, another football coach, head football coach, uh, Josh uh, Learman, coming on in a few moments. Jeff, let's go ahead and take a break and get in touch with Coach and have him on to tell us a little bit about the Yellow Jackets uh, coming season. So, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach right after this. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis made across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. I'm Tony Landry along with Jeff Box, And on the line we have with us head football coach uh, Josh Learman of the Yellow Jackets. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, coach, We were, Jeff and I were talking right off the air, and we were trying to remember uh, – 
course, as our age creeps upon us, that uh, sure, that's the reason. Yeah, we're trying to recall. Did you scrimmage last night, or did is that scrimmage Friday? No, we had, we moved it to Friday. It was supposed to be at Patterson tonight, and uh, Coach Kramer at Patterson called me, and uh, we moved it to here at Nish tomorrow at five thirty. Okay, so uh, anticipating rain, I take it, and I think that's on the charge today. It's rain today and tomorrow. And uh, for all you grass cutters out there, you better get to it early. That's all i got to say. Coach, uh, with your team, how are things going so far? You're into practice now a few weeks. And uh, how are things with implementing your uh, what you plan to do for the Yellow Jackets this year? Uh, things are going great. Uh, kids are real uh, receptive to what we're doing. Um, every day we're getting a little bit better every day, and that, you know that's the goal right now. I know you talked about... Uh, the the strong numbers you had, uh, I know uh, you lose a few uh, as practice goes on, um, but how how is that developing your numbers? Oh, the numbers are are fabulous right now. We have, including freshmen, we have a hundred and three kids in the program right now. So so the the numbers are great right now. And d- does that present any kind of problem, or is that a good problem to have? No, I think it's a good problem to have. I think you you have to have numbers just to be able to practice, and I, I think it's it's a really good good. Not, I don't even consider it a problem. I think it's a great thing. Coach, with with those numbers, uh, will you be able to play a freshman JV uh, schedule this year? Yeah, well, as of right now, we're going to play freshman slash JV, but we're going to try and figure out if we can get some just actual freshman games in also. Yeah, because that's important. Those guys, those kids, seeing the field and uh, getting used to the speed of the game coming from, uh, you know, middle school and all to see how, uh, you know, high school football is played and you know, as the advance uh, from high school to college to professional. That's one thing that always increases the speed and strength of the game, and uh, it's good to get those kids in uh, scrimmages or games uh, just so they can have action and get uh, get some uh, that wetness behind the ears dry. If you know what I mean. Right. Right. Coach, I'm always curious uh, to see how team progresses week to week. We talk about the exponential growth uh, from game one to game two, but just in this last week of practice, what have you learned about your team um, at this point? Well, uh, they, the the most important thing, that, and all all that we're, we ask of them is that they play as hard as they possibly can and practice as hard as they possibly can, and, and they're starting to learn how to do that, and they're learning why that's important. You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play hard every single play as hard as you can possibly play, and so they're starting to learn how to do that, and that's that's the progress. I told the team uh, yesterday that you know more than anything we're watching ourselves tomorrow in the scrimmage, more than you know what Patterson does and things like that. We want to see how how we're progressing. There you go, and uh, you know I want to talk a little bit about the game day experience, uh, what fans can expect. I, don't know how heavily involved you are with the fan aspect of things, but uh, things over at New Iberia Senior High, week one against the Westgate Tigers, what can fans uh, expect? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great challenge, first of all. I mean, you know, the defending 4A champions are coming in to, 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 our, to our place, you know, so it's going to be very challenging because it's a very good team and they're very well coached. Coach uh, Antoine does a great job over there. But, you know, it's also a great opportunity for us. You know, it's an opportunity to, to play one of the best teams in the state. So we're, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it, but we're not even thinking about it yet. <laughs> Understood. A uh, lot, lot to learn between 
now and then. We were, we were musing earlier in the week uh, the idea that I, I would imagine this week one game uh, will be repeated next year at Westgate. That, that would be correct? Right, yes, sir. And we were kind of wondering, because Westgate is a defending champ, did they try and get that game, uh, this year's game at home, and then at Nish next year? Or what were some of the circumstances that maybe led to it being at Nish this year? No, I think it's just the way it fell, because uh, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, Nish went to Westgate last year. Yeah, I believe and you so, are correct, yeah. Right, I thought, I mean, and, and for I think for us and Westgate, you know, it's a financially it's, it's one of the games that really helps us each and every year so this year just happened to be our year to host it so i i think that was all there was to it gotcha and uh, coach uh c- kind of remind us again too aren't you implementing a a, 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 a i want to say a spread offense for your team this year is that what you're planning to go by and then a regular and i'm trying to recall if it was a four three or three four defense uh that you yeah. have your alignments yeah, we'll be uh we'll be spread, but we'll be a little bit multiple on offense also. You know, we'll be in the spread some and then we have the ability to get under center if we if we need to. Uh offensively, defensively we'll be in a three four defense. Okay. It's, it's the same stuff that we ran here all those years that I was Coach Hudson's coordinator. Okay. And uh with that, uh, how are things looking on the I mean, uh in your I mean, shotgun offense now you did said you're gonna take a, some snaps under center now, I guess in the short yardage situations or but uh basically you're gonna uh go with a, a shotgun formation with uh you anticipate uh, a good game, uh throwing the ball maybe fifteen, twenty times a game? Uh yeah, I mean we have the ability to do that. You know, the game the game itself will tell us what we need to do. Uh, but we do have the ability of our quarterback. We have a good quarterback, good group of receivers. So we have the ability to throw the ball, you know, if that's what the game tells us to do, each and individual game. And uh, defensively in a 3-4, uh, basically uh, the blitz package is part of that 3-4 uh, defense, or is it just something that, uh, again, you just uh, come uh, as the game rolls along, that the situation abides? Yeah, it just it it just depends. We have, again every we have blitzes built into the defense. We have the ability to blitz, you know. But you know, if we don't need to blitz, we won't blitz. If we need to blitz, we'll blitz. Okay, all right. Special teams. Uh, let's not forget about them. I, I'm pretty sure uh, you got a new kicker. Uh, uh, I think Luke Landry graduated this past spring. Uh, tell us about the kicking game and the other special teams aspects. Uh, yeah, we uh. We have we have three actually three three guys that are capable of kicking the ball, punting or kicking off the tee or extra points. Uh, Marshall Moore, who's a sophomore, John Longlinay, who's a junior, and Colby uh, Louvier, who's a senior. So we we have options of people that can kick. Yeah, I, I think about that uh, all the time, especially. Uh, place kicking, field goals, extra points, those things. Uh, you know, you got three components. Uh, a lot can go wrong there. Uh, it, it takes some precision to make it work. Right, right. Sometimes those things, win and lose games, are very important. So we, we are uh, grateful to have three capable guys to do that stuff. Real good. Coach, any other final thoughts um, heading into uh, tomorrow evening's scrimmage? Uh, is there a gate fee for those kind of things? Yeah, it'll be $5 at the gate for everybody. All right. And I've got a big uh, niche fan asking, uh, who will be the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator? I know you told us last week, but for uh, Ernie, uh, what's that staff uh, looking like? 
Uh, well, uh, Chad Porsche, we'll call the offense. Uh, Chad's also the head basketball coach. And uh, I'll, I'll actually be calling the defense this year. Real good. Coach, uh, again, appreciate you joining us. Uh, we look forward to this uh, each Thursday. Uh, next week we'll recap the scrimmage and look ahead to uh, your Jamboree matchup. But as always, thanks for joining us. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for everything y'all do. Take yeah, care. You, welcome, Coach. Uh, good luck to you uh, tomorrow night. All right, thank you. You bet. Again, Coach Josh Learman uh, over at New Iberia Senior High. Uh, Appreciate him joining us uh, once again. Uh, he'll be with us Thursdays uh, at 7. Maybe with the exception when they play on Thursday, we may move them up earlier in the week depending on how things are going. Yeah, uh, we'll have that each week throughout the football season where we'll bring our, our high school coaches on the air to discuss uh, uh, their team and uh, the game uh, that they played and the game that uh, is coming forth. Oh, t- take a few minutes, uh, not uh, any long uh, period, but uh, give us just indication. So if you want to join us each uh, week uh, listening in to uh, Bayou Sports, uh, we'll have those high f- school football coaches on each uh, through the week at, at different times that may be subjected to change because yeah. of uh, scheduling. But, but you know, and, and one of the things I want to encourage folks, uh, we'll try and keep it as a regular schedule as possible, but since coaches cannot, uh, when they're on the phone with us, and that goes for any guest, uh, when they're on the phone with us, we can't take calls, but if you want to ask a question in advance, uh, don't hesitate to do that, and you can email us, jeff at kane1240.com, and we'd be happy to pass along or any of our social media messaging opportunities. Uh, so, again, uh, get those questions in to us. We're happy to share those like uh, I did there with Ernie's question. Yes, and, uh, you know, Coach Learman in his first year as the head football coach, he's been at Nish before for many years. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator there, and he comes back to Nish. Uh, Nish had a tough year last year, uh, but hopefully he can uh, – Get things going and get uh, 100 kids off of football. Hope you can find 25 oh, to man. 30 of them that can uh, play on uh, Friday nights and with those numbers. And hopefully, did, did forgot to ask him if he had a little size. Uh, possibly, Nish has always had some speed. Uh, so, we'll see how that's coming to play. And uh, as I mentioned, had a tough year last year. He's uh, got an opportunity to get the ball rolling again for Nish. And um, uh, we'll wish him and his team the best of luck this year. Yeah, and again, tomorrow night, uh, $5 to go see uh, them scrimmage. No, there's a decent chance of rain tomorrow, uh, uh, hopefully uh, dissipating uh, as the afternoon progresses, but uh, get out there and support that team. Yeah, that's important, and uh, of all our area high school teams. So uh, building up to our uh, high school broadcast schedule, we'll uh, have our pocket guides soon coming out. I was hoping uh, we may have seen them, um, but I've had no word from uh, the the front office. All right. But um, hopefully early next week, if not... yet this week yeah we'll get them out and uh, of course with all the high school schedule schedules on them it's nice to just keep one in your back pocket or in your wallet uh and to look at games we'll be broadcasting and also uh, if you want to see a local team play uh you'll know what nights uh to get out there and see them whether they're home or on the road so with that uh jeff uh, pretty much it no no doubt Anyway, uh, do we need to take another quick break uh, here on Kane Radio? Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. 
And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Row, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, August the 18th. Uh, Tony Landry along with Jeff Boggs. And a little baseball update. Uh, I saw this this morning earlier. Uh, Josh Donaldson uh hits a grand slam in the bottom of the 10th inning as the uh, Yankees were down to uh Tampa Bay the Rays by a score of 7 to 4 I guess it just uh, might be the spark to get the Yankees going again as they've had a lot of trouble in that regard in the last few uh weeks uh hitting the ball uh I saw a stat that came up also that uh stated that this is the third time in Yankee history that a walk-off grand slam has won a game it happened in 2002 with uh I'm trying to remember the, the the young man that played for the A's along uh came back to the Giambi. Giambi is the one I'm thinking I'm of. Yeah. To, there were two of them, Jason and Jacob maybe. Yeah, I think so. Did they sure play they, they didn't play with the Bash brothers, so they were a little no, bit behind. After them. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well after that. Yeah, and that was in 2002, and of course, this passed uh, last night. But 1925, Babe woke, Ruth woke up just in time for that one. <laughs> um, you know, we we fell. There was a rain delay. Okay, at, at Yankee Stadium, uh, kind of fell asleep during it, and then woke up just. Well, the audio came back when the game. You know, I watch a lot of games. I believe Tony does on MLB TV, a streaming yeah. service. So they go into a weather delay, and they just put up a, a screenshot saying, this game is currently in a weather delay. Yeah, that's and right. And so there's no audio, and then all of a sudden the game comes back. Pops on, yeah. Wake up, wake up. And, uh, again, nice uh, comeback effort for the Yanks. There. Yeah, but Donaldson hits uh, the grand slam third time in Yankee history, and it was in the 10th inning, too. So, uh, you know, they start off with a runner on second base, usually the last out in the uh, – Only three of the runs were earned. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you got that going for you. <laughs> that's that's correct. But Donaldson, yo, the Yankees have been struggling, man. At one time, they were winning three out of four games, as I oh, mentioned yeah. uh, the recently. And uh, Donaldson uh, came to the Yankees. He's having one of the worst seasons offensively he's ever had. He's hitting two thirty two twenty three. Uh, he's got twelve homers in ninety seven games in two years and a fifty million dollars remaining on his contract. Uh, I guess Boone's got to stick with him when I say Boone, the the manager Boone uh, uh, with Donaldson. But uh, the Yankees, uh, uh, maybe that might get them going. Who knows? Uh, They won a big game in front of the fans last night, but uh, they're struggling. But all the teams in the American League East have uh, at least 500 records. I think Boston's still hanging in there. Boston's back at 500. They were game under earlier in the week, but uh, 59 and 59. But, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week and I – or earlier in the year, and, and that was when Coach Indus was still with us. You know, the, the Reds started off horrendously. Yeah, they were 3-22, and, and I believe. Yeah, and, and you say, there's no way you sustain that pace. Right. And just like the Yankees started out gang, but it's tough to maintain that pace. Uh, you know, again, there's a reason. You know, I, I, 116 is the most wins by any team in a single season. It hasn't been done in 20 years. Yeah, uh, Seattle, that's right. And the Cubs and in the 1906. Cubs back, yeah, some back, it's <laughs> way back. And there are significantly less games than I'm guessing. Yeah, there were 154 games back then, yeah. you know, with 162 today. But, you know, uh, some of those playoffs, not the playoff playoffs, but if you're tied during the regular season, as the Dodgers and the Giants have done a couple times in 51 and again in 62, those games count as uh, regular season yeah. games, too. So, uh, anyway, baseball is just a strange game uh, as we head into the weekend, of course, with football here on the horizon. Uh, we'll see how that's going to uh shake it up in that regard and in some other news uh lebron uh lands a two-year deal with the lakers for 97 million uh so he's going to be with the lakers at least another two years although uh, he does have an well he was under contract for this coming season okay so it was a two-year extension uh, but the second year of that extension it is a player option so okay. if lebron opts out okay anyway so uh some news around uh uh sporting world of course the uh Sources, the college football playoff malls breaking football out of the uh, NCAA. That's going to be a story to keep an eye on and see what transpires in that. Of course, uh, we haven't talked much about the the WNBA. They're playing in their playoffs right now, and uh, that's something that uh, people are keeping an eye on. Also, Little League Baseball has been hitting uh, ESPN channels uh, over the last uh, few nights. A bit nights. of a rain delay yesterday, too, in the afternoon game. So um, th- that's something that you can watch. Uh, if you sport. And it's always great to see these kids. It's just amazing how some of them, who was it the team from uh, New Orleans a few years ago, uh, won it all. And they had a young man, I think, that was hitting over 600 <laughs> for the uh, – uh, the East Bank team uh, over in New Orleans uh, in that regard. I can't remember the young man's name, but he was hitting well over 600. And I think he ended up winning the game on a line shot over the shortstop's head. Uh, I, I forgot his name. I'd sure like to keep a, a radar on him to see uh, what he transpires over the games uh, over the next few deals. So uh, anyway, uh, they talked about uh, Chargers star uh Derwin James gets a $76 million deal, becomes the NFL's highest-paid safety. So uh, the Chargers are starting to write some big checks as they think they uh, have an opportunity 
uh, to uh, make the, their presence felt over in the Western Division of the AF, uh, AFC, I should say, not AFL, but AFC. So, uh, boy, I got four great quarterbacks out there, too, Jeff. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, cream rises to the top. Yeah, I still think the Raiders are overrated. So, uh, certainly, though, uh, San Diego, again, L.A. Yeah, with, LA with Herbert, Chargers, yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert. Um, and Again, I, we don't know how much we'll see Herbert next week in uh, the Saints' final exhibition game uh, a week from Friday night. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely an exciting player. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Chargers have been uh, loading up. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, moved out to that part of the world, and uh, they've got uh, Keenan Allens out there who's a wide receiver. Uh, Eckler, a lot of people forget about him, but he's a fine running back. He's not a real big running back, but he's he's a fine running back uh, for the Chargers. And uh, they've, they've got, some, they've got uh, some players that can uh, make some noise uh, for them. Of course, uh, Mike Williams. Uh, and uh, Eckler, uh, along with uh, some other players, uh, Keenan Allen, the Bosers, and Jackson under con- contract, too. So uh, they've got some players out there, and you, we'll see how much uh, they can give the Chiefs uh, trouble along with uh, Denver. And like you said, Oakland might be a little, uh, you know, with Carr not, not knowing, but the, those other three quarterbacks and Wilson uh, and um, – uh, Malik Holmes, I mean Mahomes, uh, they've won uh, Super Bowl, so uh, it, that's going to be uh, an interesting division to keep an eye on during the pro football season. Indeed, yesterday during and you were talking about the Little League World Series, uh, reminded me about the situation with player from uh, Utah. His team uh, is yeah. set to play in the Little League World Series. I think tomorrow uh, he fell off uh, Easton Oliver Oliverson, I guess. Uh, fell off uh, the top bunk in the dorms that the players are staying in during the Little League World Series. Uh, He is uh, apparently awake, speaking. Uh, Got to even see a tape or a video that Mookie Betts uh, sent him well wishes, and he was able to watch that. So hopefully uh, good news there. Doubt he will be available for the, the Little League World Series, which, of course, is a huge disappointment, of course, to him. But... Um, better that he can at least survive this. Yeah, that's you're right about that. Forgot about that, but you're right. Uh, hopefully, uh, things brighten up a little bit for him, and uh, hopefully, uh, he'll be able to uh, live a normal life too in that regard. So, uh, anyway, I uh, just pulled it up. Uh, it was uh, Reva Ridge, the little team from uh, uh, from the New Orleans yes, area that yeah. won the 2019 Little League World Series at uh, at Williamsport. Uh, of course, they beat uh, Caraco. Uh, eight to nothing in uh, a game. So uh, just uh, what a year they had too. Uh, just uh, and they could do no wrong. And uh, like I said, to keep an eye on some of those young men as they come along uh, in that regard. So uh, anyway, just interesting to watch Little League World Series. You watch these. 12, 13-year-olds, I think they can uh, play as 13-year-olds as long as their birthday is It depends off. when they turn. Yeah, September 1st. Yeah. Uh, years ago, it was August 1st. Now, I think it's September 1st uh, or maybe even October 1st, a cutoff. But we've had a few uh, teams from around here. We had a little girls team uh, a few years ago, uh, 15, 20, uh, 18 years ago, that played up in uh, Oregon for the softball, Little League uh, World Series softball team from New Iberia made it up there. So we've had it's some, been a while, though. Yeah, yeah it's been, been a while, while. but uh, they made it, yeah. and uh, they're the only ones from this area. 
that have, of course, Lafayette's had uh, some Little League World Series teams. And also uh, Lake Charles has had some Little League World Series. And I think the first team. They went on to play Barb. That's right. That's right. And the first team ever from Louisiana to make it to the Little League World Series was a team out of Alexandria, Louisiana, back in 1955, made it to the Little League World Series. I can remember uh, that uh, being preached that uh as I played Little League, uh, as people said, well, let's see if we can get another Little League uh, World Series team from Louisiana up in uh, Williamsport. But uh, Alexander was first one from Louisiana in 55 to get up there. Little League Softball World Series is going on as well. And I, I caught a game Monday afternoon, uh, again, somewhat from a distance, but I was amazed at this um, Asia-Pacific pitcher and how she was getting the ball in there. Um, uh, impressive speed for a 12-year-old or 11, 12-year-old. Yeah, amazing. You know, before, uh, was it Taiwan that was broken down? Taiwan used to bring these kids into the Little League World Series where they seemed like they'd win it every year. And come to find out, the Little League World Series realized what was taking place in Taiwan was that the Little Leagues over in Taiwan, you, your, your league, you, when you establish a league, you're only uh, supposed to have access to so many kids and I think it was like a, there's a number of 30,000 with the demographics. And they were going with like 150,000 and 200,000. So they had a lot more selection of kids. I mean, they were trotting kids out there that were 5, 8, and 5, 11 who were 12 years old, which I'm sure they were. But still, they they had a selection of Man, a much larger. That's like we picking a team from South Louisiana, exactly. you know, from New Orleans to uh, Lake Charles. And I'm sure we could compete, too. Yeah, and and – you know, again, it's a situation where uh, they've got a larger pool, but but I and I, it just reminds me, like we just talked about this team from Utah. It is a team that won the Utah tournament, but it's not a team made up of all of Utah. Right. It's that one community, but uh, they'll they'll wear Utah, but no, actually they'll wear the region. Uh, that the, the, that the jersey will say what region they won, not necessarily what state. Well, yeah. Well, when Little League started here in New Iberia, did China have a problem with Taiwan? Uh, yeah, they've had some years, discussions, yeah. I think, <laughs> in that so regard. You, you will now wear the be under the flag of China. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, Hong Kong is uh, the British had it for a hundred year lease on it and uh, turned it back to the Chinese. But Little League baseball began in New Iberia in 1962. When the Little League off Louise Street was formed by uh, E.P. Bro and uh, uh, Mr. E.P. Bro and some other gentlemen up in that area, when Little League got started, they built the park there back behind Louise Street. And then in the following year, across the bayou, where the Evangelist Little League got kicked off in 63. And those two little leagues battled it out over the years. And the the town was divided. Of course, the town at the time was probably 30-plus thousand people. And uh, they could field enough teams. you also have to consider the rest of the parish, too. That's right. So That's uh, right. if you're talking about 30,000, if the parish is 70,000, makes sense to have those two leagues. And Generette had a little league did team. They? they really did back in the 60s. And uh, there were a lot of kids playing baseball. And if you didn't make, you know, when they started – uh, the poor girls weren't able to play Little League Baseball. You could play in the park, possibly, and they had a lot of little girls played with the boys' teams 
because they couldn't have a league. But as uh, things grew and the interest grew longer and, and bigger, uh, they had a lot of little league teams here formed. And if you couldn't make a little league team, Evangelina League only had six teams. And if you didn't make one of the 15 on the rosters, you had to play in the minor leagues at that park. Or you can go play in the city park and get your skills better. But uh, that was a tough time. If you could make it, uh, you had to go play in, in the park or uh, somewhere else. So uh, same thing, I think, with the New Iberia Little League. They had six teams originally. Then they had the minor leagues. And uh, it grew. And Little League Baseball became really big here. And the farthest a team went, I think Coach had them on one day, was the 70 team with Cliff Hall and Jude Desimo and Gary Joseph and Johnny Hector and that crowd. And they uh, they went all the way to Williamsport where uh, uh, a young man, uh, shortstop, a uh, future major leaguer, uh, Cal Ripken Jr., ended up beating them to advance. <laughs> they advanced to the Little League World Series over in Williamsport. So that's the farthest I can recall of the boys' Little League team uh, going. If I'm incorrect, somebody let us know. Anyway, Jeff, uh, just about ready for, uh, I don't know if you have a final, some final comments before we head to our, our next break. You know, I, I haven't heard a lot of this. I, I noticed yesterday that they were playing reviews of uh, home plate collision, uh, a couple of different ones comparing how one team uh, was charged with uh, blocking the plate, one that wasn't. But uh, Major League Baseball Umpires Association released a uh, rather tersely worded statement Wednesday regarding the criticism umpires are getting due to the home plate collision rule. Rule's been a topic around the game after multiple video reviews have resulted in overturned out calls at home plate, including Tuesday's game, uh, and I was watching this game, the Guardians and the Tigers. Statement obtained by ESPN uh, yesterday said that it is the catcher's responsibility not to position himself as to block home plate without the ball, and that's that, the key. That Without is the key. The ball. Uh, the rule change was adopted after Buster Posey was involved in a home plate collision, suffered a severe leg injury. I still say you can't overreact just because of one incident. But anyway, the Players Association owners decided to protect their uh, key assets, the players, and adopted the collision rule that players are now complaining about. The umpires contend that they're simply upholding the rule that's on the books, one that the league sent a memo to teams. Um, the memo came with illustrations, reminders about how uh, and where a catcher can and cannot set up as he receives the ball. Simple, don't block home plate without possession of the baseball or change the rule, the umpire statement uh, said. And they're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, we can imagine all the years going by, you would always watch the catcher straddle the line coming into home plate and waiting for the ball. Now, if you're going to, you can't straddle the line. You've got to keep both your feet probably uh, either inside or outside the, the line to not to block the plate and waiting for the ball to come in. So uh, once you uh, anticipate catching the ball, that's when they start to block the plate, and that's where this discussion starts. Uh, you, you as well as I do, and there have been two or three in the last week or two that have been called out, and the calls have been reversed because the catchers were blocking the plate. Yeah, and again, Javi Baez, who always finds an interesting way to find the plate around a player, um, he was allegedly interfered with. I, I thought uh, he was originally safe anyway. I thought the way he reached his arm around 
But uh, big win for Detroit that day. If if Detroit can have a big win, yeah. And the manager days. went off too, uh, uh, to uh, Francona. <laughs> he lost it with the Guardians. So, uh, but that's baseball, and you know, baseball. The, the, hey, I, I go back to 1985 with Dinkinger. So that's all I can say when he missed that call with Todd Werrell touching first base. So uh, it cost the Cardinals a world championship. Anyway, uh, uh, it's part of part of sports. I went to game three of that series, uh, but I did not get in. Oh, oh okay. Me, me and my buddy. Uh, that's when Saberhagen beat the Cardinals that night. My memory serves me right. That may be right, uh, uh, but... The Bears played the Packers the night before. Oh, okay. It was the famous game where uh, William, the refrigerator, Perry, scores his first touchdown. Oh, okay. They beat the Packers. Uh, it was also our softball night, and my roommate's a Cardinal fan. Uh, we could never understand why, but he was. And he's like, you want to go to the World Series? You want to go to drive to... <laughs> so at 2 in the morning, we decide to drive to St. Louis, uh, Met Reggie Jackson that day. He was doing some announcing for ABC. Uh, met uh, the American League president at the time, uh, Lee. Uh, help me with Lee McPhail. Yeah, yeah McPhail. Uh, they were uh, having uh, dinner at this place we popped into, but always enjoyed those trips to St. Louis. Yeah, that was but, old, uh, old Bush Stadium. So, so in, in the outfield of Old Bush, I guess. Bush Stadium number two. Correct. That's correct. The, you know, the Sportsman's so Park. Parked, that was also yeah, when Gussie Bush. Bush bought yeah. it, it became Bush Stadium. But uh, the outfield, you could peer into the stadium. That's right. There was, you know, you know some gates uh, we could peer through. And so we got a little taste of the game, uh, but uh, couldn't get a ticket. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been to old Bush Stadium, too, uh, a few times. It was uh, one of the original cookie cutters Yeah, that yeah. was built back in. Uh, they opened it in 66 after they, and they tore down Sportsman's Park uh, a few years later. But uh, the original cookie cutter uh, in that regard. But, uh, yeah, uh, baseball, uh, just a lot of changes uh, coming in next year they're gonna have some more uh i do believe next year you cannot uh overshift in, any longer you know and, i don't uh, think that rule is set because uh, i was watching a game the other day and or i was listening to the pregame and they're talking about the shift and he he didn't sound like it's definitive uh, but it's expected yes and hopefully, and then they're talking about... Again, I disagree with it. I understand they're talking about robo-umpires, too, for home plate. You know, yeah. that could come to fruition yeah. in 25, 26, I, I think. still want to understand that technology. Yeah, I just don't know how when the short guys and the tall guy, you got somebody 6'5", somebody 5'9", at the plate. So, anyway, but let's go ahead and take our next break. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Today in Sports History uh, right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. 
And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 tennis main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2, $3 imports all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Today in sports history, August the 18th, Thursday. In 1931, Lou Gehring went hitless in Detroit, but he played in his thousandth consecutive play game. Of course, uh, the Iron Horse goes on to play 2,130 games until he's broken by Cal Ripken Jr. I think he was at point you just don't remember his number like 2130 i think uh ripkins was 2654 something in that vicinity anyway in 1941 the phillies commit eight errors in a baseball game (laughs) reminds me of uh the bad news bears anyway eight errors one uh, major league baseball game 1943 uh giants future hall of fame pitcher carl hubble man with the screwball wins his 253rd and final game as a the New York baseball Giants beat the Pirates uh, 3-2 at the Polo Grounds. In 1956, Cincinnati hit eight home runs. The Cubs hit two home runs. They combined to hit ten home runs in a nine-inning game. They're all solo shots. Mm. Ten home runs, ten solo shots. 1958, Floyd Patterson TKO's Roy Harris for the, in the 13th for the heavyweight boxing title. Uh, 1959, Branch Rickey resigns as the Pirates CEO to be president of the Continental League. Of course, the Continental League, uh, they were trying to field teams in Houston, Toronto, uh, also back in New York, uh, but uh, it fell apart. Uh, they never did uh, go to a season, and uh, uh, the Continental League, like the Federal League back in the teens, 1915-14 folds, and never happens. 1965, Hank Aaron loses a home run because he hit it out of the batter's box. Aaron took a – he was being uh, faced by Kurt Simmons, the old lefty, and Simmons would throw a lot of change-ups and mix uh, up his pitches, and Aaron would just try to take a running slide into the ball. And as he hit the home run, he stepped out of the batter's box. The umpire saw it, and they called it on him, and uh, he lost a home run. So Hank Aaron would have ended up with 756. Hmm. But he lost a home run that afternoon in 1965. Elsewhere in 65, Brooks Robinson hits into his third career triple play. Can you believe that? Guy guy who you picture starting a few triple plays. The human vacuum. George Sisler and Deacon McGuire and Joe Short all hitting the three triple plays in their lifetime in Major League Baseball. But Brooks Robinson, not the swiftest of runners, but uh, Brooks Robinson from Little Rock, Arkansas. Elsewhere in 67, Tony Kalinick. 
Canigliaro is being by angels. Jack Hamilton. I can still remember that picture in Sports yeah, Illustrated. Never I was the that, same after that's that. That's right. Uh, Tony, Tony C. Never was the same. In 1982, Pete Rose sets the record with his 13,941st plate appearance. That's not necessarily at bats because uh, uh, you might have a plate appearance and uh, walk or or get hit by pitch or, or uh, catches interference. and uh, But that's the number of times he stepped at the home plate to swing at the ball, 13,941 times. Elsewhere in 83, the Rawls defeat the Yankees 5-4 to four on this date in the Pine Tar game. But uh, the game was played earlier in the year as the commissioner came out and said that, no, nah, George Brink can swing again. Of course, he hit that three-run home of Billy Martin in the Pine Tar incident, as you can still see George uh, <laughs> Brent coming out Furious. of the dugout. Man. It looked like the umpire was in serious trouble <laughs> if he'd have made it, but uh, held off by teammates. So on this date, uh, the finish of that game took place. I, I remember. I was at Comiskey Park the day the <laughs> ruling was that Brett could, and the White Sox happened to be playing the Yankees. Uh, not that it affected that game, but uh, I just remember uh, being there. The Yankees were there, and that was the day the commissioner said, nope, uh, let's replay the game. And they pl- took 12 or minutes. Resume the game. It took 12 minutes to finish it. So, yeah. uh, anyway, in 1986, Jim Kelly signs with the NFL Buffalo Bills for $75 million for five years. Of course, he's coming out of the uh, USFL at the time. In 1986, the Houston, uh, Tyler Rose, uh, Earl Campbell retires from the NFL. Of course, Campbell with the uh, Oilers, the Houston Oilers at the time, and then the New Orleans Saints hung it up. And I don't even know if uh, old Earl can even walk today. I know he's had a lot of limited uh, uh, getting around with a cane or even a wheelchair. In 2021, uh, Los Angeles Angels pitcher Otani becomes the fastest player in team history. That's the Angels to hit 40 home runs in a season. Also pitched eight innings that night in a 3-1 win at Detroit. Birthdays today, uh, 1928, Marge Schott. Of course, uh, Emma, Major League owner of the Cincinnati Reds, was born in Cincinnati, Ohio on this date in 28. 1934, Roberto Clemente. Uh, Puerto Rican Baseball Hall of Famer, outfielder, 15-time Major League All-Star, World Series hero, MVP in 71. Uh, born on this date in Puerto Rico. Of course, uh, the tragic ending to his life is he was trying to help people. Uh, an earthquake uh, bound Nicaragua. Uh, his plane went down uh, New Year's Eve in 72. In 1934, born on this date, Rafer Johnson, the American decathlete, Olympic gold medalist in 1960, born in Hillsboro, Texas. And I do believe he was present when uh, Bobby Kennedy was shot. I think he and Rosie Greer were bodyguards, I think, that particular night. I know Rosie was. Yeah, yeah uh, I think Rafer Johnson was in there with him, too. Also on this date, uh, 1968, uh, Raging Cajun and... Uh, Pro Bowl player Brian Mitchell, born on this date uh, in Leesville. Of course, he played football in Plaquemine High School, uh, the city, not the parish. 1970, born on this date, Richie Cunningham. No, not the Richie Cunningham <laughs> you're thinking of with Happy Days. He is a former kicker with uh, the Cowboys, born in Homer, Louisiana. Elsewhere in 1993, Cameron Smith, the Australian golfer and Players' Championship, British Open winner in 2022, United States uh, Masters uh, runner-up in 20, born in Brisbane, Australia. And today's quote of the day by Ed Vargo, a longtime Major League umpire. He says that when you're expected to be perfect the day you start, and then you're supposed to improve. <laughs> yeah. In Major League umpire. I always thought the umpires – well, like a lot of people I know, they're not always right, but they're never wrong. 
All right. But you, did he always change that? <laughs> there was uh, another retirement on this day. You mentioned Earl Campbell. Uh, Larry Bird retired on this day in 1992. Didn't give the Celtics much time. No, he sure didn't. Wow. They were probably, maybe his back was giving him more trouble than he expected. I'm sure preseason workouts were starting pretty soon. And uh, Larry Bird. And yeah. they say he'd talk on the floor like anybody else with, uh, you know, gossip and uh, et cetera. I'm trying to see here if uh, it mentioned. Yeah, Bird began to suffer from chronic back pain that by the 90s limited his playing time and his effectiveness. Um, final triumph of Bird's career. Here you, here you go, the 92 Olympics. That's right. That that was probably after that is when he made that decision. And I you guess. can remember him lying on, on his stomach uh, by the bench uh, just because of the pain he was in, weathering in. And, you know, the old thing on Larry Bird is that he couldn't jump, but he could rebound. Yeah, and uh, at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, uh, Bird uh, could flash the three, too, at the time. So uh, Larry Bird retires on this date. Uh, elsewhere, a pretty good day, uh, Jeff. Uh, tomorrow we got the uh, – Fishing and hunting show at around 7.10, 7.15, and then on to Bayou Sports, an abbreviated segment tomorrow, uh, Big Friday. Looking forward to it, um, and then uh, the weekend. And Again, uh, we've got some uh, NFL preseason action that we can recap tomorrow, see how the Bears uh, look tonight. Uh, comes this afternoon, too, uh, in Baltimore, makeup game at 2. So a nice doubleheader for me. Yeah, I've got one my same. I've got uh, I've got the Redbirds playing uh, against the Rockies, uh, and uh, we'll see how uh, they come out. They're playing pretty well right now. So, and then I think they head off to uh, Chicago. I don't know if they head to Chicago after they're through here. The, the Cubs play Milwaukee over the weekend, and then St. Louis comes to yeah. town uh, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's about right. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow with uh, Bayou Sports here at the little after 7 o'clock, uh, right after David Funeral Homes Obituaries. And uh, have a safe day. Go ahead, Def, and take it away. Well, once again, big thanks to our sponsors, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance and the Headache and Pain Center.